Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve. With me today is Coach John. What is going on, Coach John? Nothing much. Just another beautiful Monday. I'm hanging out, get to talk football with you. So life is good. Life is all good. Yeah, I can't complain, man. Uh, myself, it's been pretty nice the last couple of days in New Jersey. I'm sure Florida has been killing it with the great weather, but it's, it's been nice in Jersey. That's good. I It's... I, I do miss this time of year up north where you start to get those random warm days and you're like, ooh, this feels – it feels like spring. And like that – I, I miss those days because it's – I mean, like you said, Florida, it's always hot. You're never really – you're never breaking the cold in Florida. So right, um, exactly. no. those – but those days I do – you know, all my buddies back in Boston, you know, they were texting me. They had the windows down. They were like, yeah, it, was, it hit 60. I'm like, oh, good for you. I'm happy. <laughs> he's like the low of the night for us yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no it's definitely a good time of year right now for those who are living in the northeast you know definitely that brisk 65 right now is definitely really nice but mm-hmm. we got a ton of football to talk about today guys we can't be talking about the weather that much if you didn't miss if you missed us last week we talked about a whole bunch of um for agency and whatnot all the craziness the madness i call it uh we didn't even get to the main segment until the very end of our podcast which will likely happen again today for uh, nfc south but uh there's way too much to talk about for us to not talk about all these free agent signings and what it could do for your dynasty team or even this coming 2022 season so we're going to get right into it of course my handy dandy slides and we'll start with the running backs guys and john jd mckissick you know he spurred the bills which i love because i don't like the bills and goes back to the commanders but Kind of mess with Antonio Gibson here. How do you feel about McKissick going back and how that impacts Gibson? I think it just like we saw last year, it's just going to limit his upside. You know, it's going to he's still going to be a solid running back. I like, um, you know, I like Gibson a lot, but it takes out that top five potential out of the bag. I think he's just going to be a, you know, high end two, low end one. That's sort of where he's going to live because J.D. McKissick's going to eat into that. He's going to eat into that passing down work, and he's going to um, take away some valuable touches. But the games that we saw where Antonio Gibson was on his own, we saw some elite performance. So I think the talent is there. It's just this is the NFL where the, it's rare that you have one guy shoulder the entire backfield. Um, so I think this is just you got to look for talent, and the talent is there with um, – with Antonio Gibson. I'm not super afraid of JD McKissick. If you liked Antonio Gibson last year, you're going to like him next year. Right. Definitely. And where do you kind of rate McKissick now back going back to Washington? Um, I mean, he's a RB RB three, four. I mean, he's a good depth piece. Plug him in. If you got a bye week you're in trouble or you fight an injury, but you know, I wouldn't be, you know, I'm not drafting JD McKissick in redraft or dynasty. I'm not going after him, but like, He's one of those guys where if he's sitting on the waiver wire and you're and you need a bye week fill in, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna kill you. He won't goose you, but he's probably not gonna do too much. He's not ever really gonna have a huge game for you. Right, exactly. I don't think Carson Wentz really, for the most part, kind of threw to his running backs enough to make like a, like Naeem Hines last year. He kind of had a down year. Of course, he didn't really throw to the running backs last year, so that can definitely take some kind of toll on J.D. McKissick. But obviously they love him enough to, to sign him to this kind of decent contract for a running back for sure, especially a yeah. backup running back. Yeah, it was a good money for a backup running back. They really like him. Um, you know, it was interesting, in my opinion, it was interesting McKissick chose to stay with the commanders considering he probably had a chance to make the playoffs and be in a Super Bowl team with Buffalo. But, right. I mean, he obviously likes the franchise and the franchise likes him. So he's, he's staying home. No, definitely. And I, for me, like – I think Gibson really, I feel like it shows what they don't want Gibson to be a full workhorse running back, even Mm -hmm. though we think he can be the talent we've seen it on the field. But this, I feel like kind of shows that they don't want that to be uh, Gibson's role. They like what he's able to do there. And I feel like 
the talent is an like a RB one, but his production might and at the end of the day might be a high end RB two. So that, that's kind of way I see it, just because McKissick will be on that passing down situation. Those two minute drills we kind of saw last year, which fantasy owners really didn't like Gibson at that point. But right. we'll see if things kind of turn around with him. Hmm. All right, on to the next guy here. Uh, we're gonna skip James White. We'll come back to him in a second. Raheem Mostert. This name we haven't heard about too much over the last two years because this man continues to tear his ACL consistently yeah. or, or does something to put him out for the entire season. But he signs with Miami, John. And does Raheem most present some kind of value now in a familiar system in Miami? I think so. I, I like Raheem Mostert. The problem with Miami is I think there is going to be a – they're going to be the new San Francisco, the new uh, Patriots, the new – like this – that one of these guys will have value every week. It's just, I think there's going to be a rotation where this could be a Raheem Mostert week. This could be a Miles Gaskin week. This could be a Chase Edmonds week. It's just, I think it's going to be confusing, but there will be value to be had there. These guys to me are great DFS plays. They're great best ball plays. I get a little bit more nervous in terms of like where their value is in redraft. Um, but, you know, dynasty Raheem Mostert, like I have him on a couple dynasty squads. And so it, to me, it's he's like a free play right now. You hold him, see what happens. If he wins this job out, great. He's going to be in a familiar system who runs the ball really well, does these zone runs unbelievably well. And Raheem Mostert is known to you know, hit home run plays. I think I like it. I think it's a real good football signing for Miami. Um, but for fantasy, it's just going to be a little tricky to figure out. But there's, there's value there. There certainly is. The same way there was value, same way there was value in the 49ers backfield. Uh, it, you know, we didn't see that it was going to be, um, what's his name? Uh, rookie. Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. We didn't see it was going to be Elijah Mitchell until it was happening. You know, we all thought Trey Sermon. We thought, you know, Raheem Mostert. We thought all these other things. Jeff Wilson was in the fold. But whoever it is, whoever they decide to go with tends to be valuable. Right. And as long as Miami can get a couple offensive linemen in the <laughs> free agency, uh, yeah. it would be it would make the attraction even better. But yeah, like like For John sure. said, guys, like Primosid, I think he's a great if you like that zero RB strategy, great zero RB strategy for sure. Definitely has a free play like mentality in best uh, in dynasty leagues where you just got yourself a running back that you might be able to plug in on bye weeks if need be. But we'll see. I mean, he's shown us when he is on the field that he's produces fantasy points. It's just, if he's going to be on the field, that's, that's the biggest issue with him. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I, I really want us to get a bell cow back, but obviously we're not going that direction at this point. So you got to take what we can get with this new Miami backfield that they're presenting to us. So, yeah. And to be fair, I think the idea of a bell cow back, you know, these 400 touch Derek Henry esque backs, I don't think the NFL and NFL, if you know, evaluators and, and, team builders they don't want to do that they don't want to do that to one back they would rather have three like we're seeing Miami do three right. capable backs and just rotate through these three backs and just and always have something going you know Patriots have done it famously for so long where they they, they just have a stable of decent guys and you know no huge superstar but they're all going to get the job done and and so I think that's why a lot of teams are starting to, are starting to go to they're right. just realizing that it's just the way the NFL is nowadays. You win games through the air. You can control a game on the ground. Correct. Exactly. That's the best way to kind of describe that. All right. On to the next one. New England side signed a couple of running backs because they didn't have enough running backs clearly to be fantasy relevant. So obviously James White, a yeah. trusted running back, goes back to New England on a two-year, $5 million deer. So does hybrid running back wide receiver Ty Montgomery sends a two-year deal. $4 million. I'm not going to get even get into the Leonard Fournette visiting them right now. Cause let's not go that crazy, but does like at least James white, does that really affect your values on Damien Harris and Ramondre Stevenson moving forward? Um, I mean, again, I don't think it, 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 it should, and it should, and I'm going to say it, it will, it will affect it a little bit because where they saw a lot of value was in that touchdown upside. They saw a lot of those double digit touchdowns having big games, you know, and I think that James white, they value James white around the goal line. They like that ability to be able to catch a pass and run it in. I think it'll be interesting. Um, it just adds another, uh, you know, wrench into the, into the fold, 
So I think it does, it should affect them. It's not going to affect them to me, affect them to the point where they're valueless. I, I don't think James White coming back, you know, crushes them, but it definitely hurts the upside of a guy like Damian Harris, who was, you know, we saw thrive in the ground game and do really well in the goal line. I just think, you know, they're going to have James White packages at that goal line that, that could take Damian Harris off the field. Right. And people think like, oh, they had Brandon Bolden last year. They were fine with him. Brandon Bolden's a, a, you know, he's a good running back. He's not a great running back. He's not, he's okay. But James mm-hmm. White was somebody they trusted in this backfield for the last six years now. And he's someone who I think when it comes to important drives will be on the field because of what he's able to do when he's on the field here, which it might hurt these two running backs t- to some slight a bit. I mean, there was still, I think at best, Damien Harris is the low end RB2. Even mm-hmm. since that kind of boomer bust wide RB3, James White maybe has PPR value as an RB4, but it's definitely Leonard Fournette signs there. I, I don't know what I'll do. No. <laughs> we, yeah. won't, we won't go nothing to that. I'm not even going to contemplate that. <laughs> All right. So, the next one, Deontay the, the Foreman signs a one year deal with the Panthers. How much does this kind of affect a guy like Chuba Hubbard in Dynasty now? Because people kind of pegged him as a it's a pretty decent, you know, McCaffrey goes down again. You have Hubbard. Does this kind of just take that away now for you? 100%. Yeah, this is this is what this signing was to me. I think Deonta Foreman and, and Chuba Hubbard's they're fighting for that back their backup role. And to me, Deonta Foreman showed enough in the limited work that he had with Tennessee that he's healthy and he can perform well coming off that Achilles. So I think I think it's bad sign for Chuba Hubbard that the team went out and did this. Um right. again, you never know. Chuba could come come into camp and win that backup role, and maybe it is still Chuba. But the fact that they felt the need to go sign Deonta Foreman should not give you warm and fuzzies about what the organization feels about their backup situation. Right, and especially so early in free agency too. I mean, yeah, yeah. crazy contract, one-year deal, whatever. But they definitely did it early on in that first week there that we missed, obviously, last week. They brought him in pretty early. So we'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, Foreman is definitely a, a piece now that you want to hold on to because obviously McCaffrey. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, Cordell Patterson three signs with the Falcons, but I think at this point, do you really want anything to do with Cordell Patterson? I mean, like, what is what do you see his value at? Um, so here's the thing, and, and it's it's interesting. I'm going to be on this. I feel like I'm going to be on this Cordero Patterson train all off season. I just I know I am. They. The Falcons need to, and I, and I I did this a while back with the Jets too, and maybe I'm wrong, but even bad teams have to move the ball and have to put up points and have to try and create an offense in some way, shape, or form. And right now, the only two playmakers they have are Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. That's it. That's all they got. So if if the Falcons are going to move the ball, it's with Cordero Patterson in the air, on the ground. If he might be playing quarterback, who knows what Cordero is going to do? He could do it all. So I like him. And, and again, it all comes down to value when it comes to redraft and when it comes to dynasty startups, like what's his value at? But I have a feeling his ADP, because so many people are going to be off the Falcons, his ADP is going to be low enough that I'm interested because he did okay in the in early on in the work that he got and then i just think there's just no other option to to hand the ball off pass the ball do anything you're gonna have to get cordero involved right and i think that's the best way to describe him. i mean if if you want to sell him off in dynasty right now i would definitely do that the best you can because i don't really i don't know how much he's really gonna do you know i mean he's been in the league he's not he's not like he's 26 you know, coming yeah. in and being this dual threat guy. He's in his 30s now. I think he's mm-hmm. 30 now. So it's just like sell off if you can. He's definitely an interesting, you know, no RB strategy and redraft leagues if that, if we want to go down that route. But, I mean, we'll see how this backfield does. Uh, this yeah, backfield. you got a chance in Dynasty to move him f- to a contender for probably a late pick or, or something, then go for it, then do it. That, right. that I would. I'm not saying I'm like building around Cordero, but my point was more. I, I think there is going to be some value there at some point um, in 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 drafts and startups and redrafts and anything because people just don't. The stink of the Falcons right now is so bad; <laughs> it's really bad. And so I, I just have a feeling that he's. If anything moves, if that offense moves at all, it'll be through him and Kyle Pitts. Right. 
exactly. I think that's the best way to describe it. All right, these last three now, John Trail Hilliard. Uh, we saw him kind of do some things at the end of last season with Derrick Henry out, re-signs with the Titans. Matt Breida signs with the Giants. We've seen him be really electric at times. And then Duke Johnson, we saw him have those few great games with Miami at the end of the season, signs with Buffalo. Do any of these guys interest you at all? Not really. They, these are these are all good depth pieces for an, an actual NFL franchise, but I wouldn't want to roll any of them out in my di- in my dynasty or redraft lineup. Yeah. You know, barring barring any major injuries to the guys in front of them, but even still, if you know Saquon Barkley goes down, how excited am I to start Matt Burita on the Giants? Like, I'm not thrilled. Uh, you know, if I have to do it, I have to do it. But right. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of my opinion. All three of them, I'm kind of feeling the same way. And the only one that I, I think kind of interests me a little is the Duke Johnson signing in Buffalo because we saw Singletary kind of get that work at the end as a full workhorse back. We saw him really kind of grow in that role. It's just interesting to me that Buffalo decides to spend money on another running back. Well, what are you doing? You had a good thing there. It was clicking and your offense looked awesome. So it's just, again, these little signs that organizations will tell you about how they feel and how they're going to use a player. So to me, signing Duke Johnson to me just shows that they're not going to go all in on Devin Singletary being the guy. They're just not going to do it. Right. Definitely. I guess the only one for me personally would be a Hilliard. And it's just because Derek Henry, we know his age, we know his history now, you know, he's got the injury thing that he's, he dealt with last year now. Hilliard looked good at times. He fortunately split with like seven running backs when Derrick Henry went down. Uh, God forbid Derrick Henry goes down again. I mean, there's no McNichol. There's no Foreman now. There's, you know, there's, it's just him in that backup role. So unless they bring somebody else in that really will compete with him, he's definitely on a lot of uh, dynasty waivers right now. He's worth a, worth a pickup if you have a spot available. I just want to throw that out there because I've been doing mm-hmm. that everywhere. So. Yeah, for sure. That's good. I mean, he's, he's risen to the number two guy on that depth chart and it's, you know, deep, deep benches like we have in dynasty. It's good to hang on to those guys. Cause you never know. You never know when some of the guy in front of him gets hurt. Exactly. All right. Over to the wide receivers now in here and big one, I think kind of signed a couple of hours after we got off. I think our podcast was Russell Gage signed a yeah. three year, $30 million deal with the bucks. What is your viewpoint on Russell Gage moving forward now? I think this is a good signing. This is a good, you know, 10 million bucks a year is what you need to, a competitive team needs to pay a number three guy. So this is who he is. He's, he's he's slated in to be their number three. So if you believed in Tyler Johnson or you believed in some of these other pieces, it's probably not going to happen. They went out and got Russell Gage to be that guy. So Russell Gage is good. He can operate all over the field, but they'll probably have him be outside, have, uh, who knows when Chris Godwin's going to be healthy, but when all are said and done and all are healthy, it'll probably be Evans, Gage, and 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 Chris Godwin. So, yeah, he's number three on a good offense and and tied to Tom Brady. So I, I think this is a good signing. I think Russell Gage is an interesting player, especially with um, uh, the status of Chris Godwin's week one up in the air. So, yeah, I'm into Russell Gage. I like it. He's always been a good player. I just think this is – this is about what he is. He's a $10 million player. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I yeah. think if you, if you've had him in dynasty, you have to be thrilled about getting a guy who has, you know, high end RB high end wide receiver three potential now. And mm-hmm. I mean, if Godwin happens to miss more time than we predict, he actually does. I mean, you're talking maybe wide receiver two with Tom Brady now uh, on the steam here because he does play the slot. Brady's always loved the slot guy. It will change a little bit once you know, Godwin comes back, but he'll have his boomer bust weeks at that point. He's going to probably be a boomer bust wide receiver three once Godwin comes back, but he might have potential early on in the season. That you're going to really love in dynasty or in mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. All right. Over to Zay Jones and Zay Jones kind of had himself a resurgence season last year with the um, Raiders last year, but he signed a pretty interestingly big deal, basically the same as Russell Gage. Um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars here who've been just throwing money at everyone who's not good. <laughs> what is your view on a guy like Zay Jones? Is there any value that you like in him or is it just over signing for no reason? You know, I think this is, and this is something that, 
you know, we talk about, I talk about with Brian all the time is the bad team tax. And sometimes teams have to overpay. If you're a bad team, you're a bad franchise. Sometimes you have to overpay to get free agents. It's just what you have to do. And I think that's what this was. This was a little bit of an overpay to get Zay Jones in the building, get some playmakers. They need pass catchers. They wanted to clean house. The whole wide receiver room looks different now with Christian Kirk and everybody else. And so they are really investing in, in Lawrence. They want to see what they got. They have to, because you can't just chalk this up to a loss. We, you know, year one, they're going to reinvest all their wide receiver assets, see what they got. And, and I, you know, whether you believe Zay Jones or Christian Kirk are great wide receivers, at least it's, you know, people in the building bodies that, that have, have worked at the NFL level before. So um, I think it was, interesting shining to say the least i probably would have spent my money elsewhere but um again i think the jags just have to overpay guys they have to or else you just no no free agent would want to go there so um you know you're gonna have to overpay and get guys like zay jones and then hopefully the culture changes a little bit trevor lawrence wins you five six games and and slowly and surely you become a destination for free agents that want to go there and you do well in the draft and but it's hard. It's hard for a bad team to 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 get good free agents. It's really tough. Yeah, no, Zay Jones is is interesting, and I started dropping him right, obviously, during the before before free agency starts because I just needed to make moves on my team here, and you know he looked pretty well, kind of being that you know stretch possession type of wide receiver for the Raiders last year. It'll be interesting what he does this year. I'm not a huge Trevor Lawrence believer, to be honest, but. We'll see if this team can kind of rebound with new weapons. If Zay Jones, you know, they, they paid him decent money that he's mm-hmm. going to see opportunity in this offense here. So in Dynasty, you have to be thrilled. If you could sell him off now, I definitely would. And redraft, probably won't be drafting him at all. It's just there's no until I see something, he's a waiver wire pickup during the season, if that's the case. So. Yeah, this money this money says that he is a their wide receiver too, and he is going to go into the season with that role. Now, if they draft someone and he loses that role, that's different. But this money says that he's part of their plan. So right. you, you should feel comfortable with Zay Jones if he's on your team that he at least has a role. Right. You know, when, when a, a season or two ago, you, he was cuttable in most formats. You were like, yeah, forget it. So, again, kind of like we said with um, – uh, kind of like we said with Mostert, it's almost like a, if you had him on your dynasty, if you forgot that you had him on your dynasty roster, and then all of a sudden you see him again, you're like, oh, this is a free, this is a free square. Maybe, uh, right. maybe this turns into something. Exactly, that's the perfect way to book Zay Jones. So. <laughs> and a guy who we basically replaced was DJ Sharp. We found out early morning uh, he signed a one year deal with the Detroit Lions. Do you like this move for DJ Sharp's value? I think it's smart for DJ Chark. Um, one year, make some money. I don't love the spot. I don't love the Lions. But for DJ Chark, it's one year. Prove that you're healthy and then hit the free agent market when the cap goes way up and teams are going to be spending money like pirates. So it's smart for DJ Chark. Again, I just don't think that I would have picked the Lions as my spot to go, you know, rebound and show my health but maybe he likes jared goff maybe he likes the organization maybe he likes 10 million dollars who knows uh, but i think this is a smart deal for for dj chark and i like dj chark a lot as a player as a prospect i love him so i i think now if you can buy low on him and trade for him and get him on your team as like a wide receiver three on your team there's upside to be had for sure. And it might not be with the lions. And so I'm not going to sit here and say DJ Chark is a, you know, a lions wide receiver. I'm saying DJ Chark is, he knows he's going to hit the free agent market next year. So he's going to play for his contract and play for his life next season. Um, and that's the type of motivation that I look for in a player. If he had signed some like Zay Jones, if he had signed some three year, $30 million deal, then in your mind, you know, DJ Chark is, he, he's not looking to improve, not looking to hit the free agent market and make a big splash. He's just happy to make a contract. No, DJ Chark said, no, I'll sign a one-year deal because I know that I'm worth more. I know I'm, I know I can do more. And so to me, that's a good sign. That's a good sign in, in your, in your prospects. Okay. Okay. I see. I'm the opposite. I mean, I, it's good for him. Yeah. Get get your money worth, go out next year and make bigger money. If you can prove it. I just think he picked the wrong destination to prove it. Yes. The targets might be there, but Jared Goff has never been a great, 
deep ball thrower. And when DJ Shark was at his best for fantasy, it was because he was getting nice balls downfield. Mm-hmm. And see, I see like 700 yards and like four touchdowns. I mean, yeah, it's right. decent. Uh, it, it's not going to be great fantasy value. So I feel like if for me is a sell high, if someone wants to buy into DJ Shark resurging this season to be that thousand yard guy, he was a couple years ago, I'd be selling off of him now because yeah, he might have a big contract next year, but what if he signs with the Lions? <laughs> what if he signs yeah. a four-year, $80 million deal with the Lions next year? <laughs> then what do you do? I mean, maybe they get Willis and or someone or with a big arm, and maybe we'll work out that point. But right now, I just don't know. So for me, it's yeah. a sell, but he isn't somebody I'm going to look to draft and redraft either. So I'll stay away from him and let someone else Fair. I'll, I'll deal with them. I'll take them on. <laughs> All right. We'll skip uh, Jakeem Grant. We'll come back to him. Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. And a nice, pretty decent contract for a 28 year old. Three years, $45 million. I think he's like 30 something guaranteed on his contract here. How do you like Allen Robinson now? And does this really affect anyone on this offense? Um, I think it affects. You know, obviously, the easy answer is to say it affects them re-signing OBJ, right? And it and it affects their sort of need to have that number, that veteran number three wide receiver. And Robert Woods, uh, you know, is another one too. So, uh, I think they just brought in some. They like veteran guys at wide receiver that they can trust. They like guys who, you know, um, they don't have to. Build a game plan around him, and I don't think they have to. I think Allen Robinson can do a lot still on the field, and and still uh, operate however Sean McVay needs him to operate in the slot outside, doing different things. And so, I think it was a good signing. You know, there's still, like you said, 28. He's Allen Robinson. We want to give up on Allen Robinson because what we saw last year, but Allen Robinson's still 28. He should be in his, you know, what is his prime, 28, 29, 30, uh, through this contract, and so. I think it's good for the Rams. I think it's a good deal. Uh, and again, they're just loading up at wide receiver. Right now, definitely. I think it, it makes a lot of sense for the Rams to have another strong veteran who can put elite production up there. And I think if you've held on to Allen Robinson this whole time, because you're like, yeah, I want to wait till he, he lands somewhere. And if you're not a contender, great time to sell. Mm-hmm. Great time to sell that. That hype there will definitely be a good time to sell. But if you're a contending team, you'd be thrilled for a guy like Adam Robinson. I mean, yeah, Bob Woods didn't get off to the greatest start last year. And Odell kind of put, if you put them all together by the, the season, I mean, you got a guy who was almost a thousand yards and likely seven or eight touchdowns, maybe mm-hmm. in a high scoring offense. And someone said today, I think I was listening to CBS fantasy. And they said that like the Rams are a running football team. I'm like, they're not going to be a running football team. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a throwing team to me, to be honest, yeah. for me personally, I think they're going to throw the ball. That's how they won this championship. They didn't win it by running. Right. They ran by in the arm of Matthew Stafford, who they just gave a big contract to. Uh, I would have mentioned that later, but there's a reason behind that. So Allen Robinson, uh, he puts himself in that conversation for not wide receiver one. He's probably a wide receiver two, more than likely, but uh, it's definitely good for Robinson's value moving forward. For sure. And now over to our Juju Smith-Schuster TikTok sensation here. Signs a, he's finally signed the deal we wanted to sign last year, a one-year $10 million deal with KC. What do you see in Juju's value here? I actually like this. I like this for Juju's value. I think, you know, you're going to get him in an offense where he's not the number one guy. He doesn't need to be. He doesn't even need to be the number two guy. He can just go out there and operate out of the slot like he can do well and be, a, a you know, a reliable between the hash marks receiver. And every once in a while, he might take a slant to the house. He might break a tackle and rip off a big one. Cause he can do that. He's a talented young kid. He's, you know, I think again, we're so quick to just dismiss, but what he did as a, as a rookie was impressive. He did it with Antonio Brown. Guess what? He gets Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey now. So he has two people to peel off defenders away from him. And when he's one-on-one, he's a great one-on-one player. He's a big body, strong. I like Juju. So, um, the the storyline and the downside will always be that the number two wide receiver in Kansas City just doesn't perform. They just don't. But I also think that was with a younger Travis Kelsey. I think now that Travis Kelsey is older, I think there is room for a wide receiver two in that offense. Right. And I think a wide receiver two that actually fits the offense better than sure. anyone else like Michael Harmon and Sammy Watkins. He actually fits the offense much better. I mean, Michael Harmon's is he's dead now. 
Unless unless Tyreek Hill gets hurt, Miko Harmons is completely just dead in fantasy now. I mean, yeah. It's but, interesting. Even with Tyreek Hurt, though, you know, we've seen games where Tyreek is out, and it's not like Miko Harmon took over the game. You know, it's not an easy you, – you hope that the path to targets is there if, if Hill goes down, but I'm still not – I'm I'm with you. I'm just kind of out on Miko. I'm just, you know, I, I think if if he was going to break out and you were going to see anything, you would have seen it by now. So uh, that's my opinion. Right. Exactly. I mean, he did have a couple of decent outings early on when Tyreek got hurt. I think like two years ago. But Hill Hill's been healthy the last couple of seasons now, so it's mm-hmm. you don't see that anymore. So unless Hill gets hurt, I'm I'm out on Harmon. But Juju, he puts himself in that wide receiver three. I think someone who could be very consistent, someone who's probably going to have a high touchdown upside. Mm-hmm. He might not have the yardage. He might not be a thousand yard guy, but he might end up getting like 700, 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. It's in a range of possibility for him. So if you have Juju and you held on to him, great. He puts yourself as a wide receiver three that's probably has a solid floor each and every week. So mm-hmm. I think it actually somewhat hurts a guy like. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Okay. Yeah. And it's because of the short yardage gain that Juju can now work into that you would have maybe thought that CEH could possibly have now. So we'll see how that turns out. But yeah. And then uh, just real quick, I'll just name off these last three here. King Grant signs with the Browns. He's a return guy, but he's shown promise at wide receiver, but likely nothing at this point. Zach Pascal, solid wide receiver for a football team. Likely will have decent outings at times. Laquan Treadwell, he did play pretty well down the stretch, but there's so many wide receivers there, now. I don't know what's really going to come about that. So just the average mediocre signings. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got t- plenty of tight ends to talk about here. Plenty. Plenty. Uh, I don't know if we talked about Evan Ingram last week. I forget if we did, but Evan Ingram, does that does he do anything for you? Um. Mm. I mean, he does. Tight ends are tough, man. It's hard to find these athletic pass-catching tight ends, you know. And so I think we've seen the Jaguars use a tight end. We've seen Evan Ingram do it at times. And so if you want to take your shot on a guy who, again, the same way we said DJ Chark signs a one-year deal, $9 million bucks, he's he's playing for that next contract. He's not He's not looking at the Jaguars and saying like, this is my home. He's saying, I need to prove myself. I need to really reclimate my career and hopefully hit the free agent market next year when the cap goes up and, and sign a decent deal. So I'm, st- I still think there's a little meat left on the bone with Evan Ingram. I believe in the talent. I believe in him as a pass catcher. I hate him as a blocker. They're not going to use him to block. They're just not, you, you know, you know, they're just going to use him to catch passes. And so I I think that's why they brought him into the building and 9 million bucks is nothing to sneeze at. So they're probably going to, they're probably going to use him. They're planning on using him. So. Right. Exactly. I mean, there's so many pass catchers they brought in and ones that are already there still. I mean, Doug Peterson's had history with tight ends, so it's worth a shot, a gamble late in redrafts. And see what happens after the first few weeks. He doesn't do anything. Cut him. Yep. And Dynasty, if you want to buy low on him, I don't know if his this probably isn't the best time to buy low because everyone's like, oh, he's got a new team, new possibilities. It might not be the best time, but maybe a good time to sell high if you could get a second round pick out of it, like a tight end premium league. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd consider doing that. But I mean, if not, hold on to him and see what happens. Yeah. All right. The Jets signed two tight ends now. CJ Uzama signs a three-year, $24 million deal. And Tyler Conklin, I believe, signed a three-year deal as well. Do these guys do anything for you? No, nothing. Um, It's more just amazing that I'm good for CJ Uzama to get a three-year, $24 million deal. That was a that's a good deal. That's a crazy deal for CJ Uzama. So I'm happy for him, but neither one of these people are on my fantasy radar. They're just they're they're just not. I think that you know. I don't know. I, I I don't love either one as like this huge game breaking tight end. And there'll there'll be weeks where CJ Uzama falls in the end zone, and you're going to be like, oh yeah, CJ Uzama, decent tight end. And you're like, yeah, he's fine. But um, neither one of them is going to be a. Neither one of them can even probably put up a hundred yards and a score. Like it would be hard for them to do that in a game. So right. I'm yeah. I'm just I'm not I'm I'm off I'm off either one. Yeah, and it's also the Jets, and and not that I, we've had our debates and our discussions about um, Zach Wilson. I like Zach Wilson. Um, I just think Zach Wilson is um, 
a little bit more aggressive than the type of guy to just check down to his tight ends. He he's, you know, he's going to zip it. He's going to, he's the type of guy where, and if he doesn't see anything, he might, you know, throw it away, tuck and run. He's just, it doesn't seem to me that like one of those quarterbacks that's going to take the easy throw. And sometimes those easy throws are just those underneath to the tight end. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, if one of them signed there, I'd be interested maybe, but now that there's two there, I mean, you're looking at like Uzama as a, as a touchdown threat and then Tyler Conklin might get, you know, pushed out wide at times because he is more of a wide receiver type of tight end. But again, it's still the Jets offense. We don't really know what's to come of this offense still. We, there's hope, but we don't know. And I think both of them on the field together kind of just cancels them out for real fantasy production. So, mm-hmm. all right. So what about OJ Howard? You know, OJ Howard had all that glamour coming out of when he coming out of the draft a couple of years ago, but obviously injuries and now Gronk the last season or two now kind of put him away. Does him signing with the Buffalo do anything to hurt Knox? Or is it just, you know, I'm not really worried that much about it. I think it hurts the touchdown upside of Knox. I think that that should scare you um, because even if OJ Howard catches three touchdowns, right? Say, say OJ Howard catches three or four touchdowns and you take those three or four touchdowns away from a guy like, um, uh, you know, a, a guy like Dawson Knox who made his fantasy pay off of touchdowns, then that's going to ruin things. So, you know, if all of a sudden Dawson Knox becomes a 500 yard, 600 yard, five touchdown, six touchdown guy, He's fine, but he just becomes another tight end. Just because he's not going to break out into that difference maker like he he like he did, and I think he did. I think last season he showed that he with the touchdowns that Josh Allen threw and all that. He if he is the only guy in town, he could have been a difference maker. But they brought in OJ Howard, and so I think it's just going to be a little bit of cannibalism there. Right, and I'm not the biggest OJ Howard fan at this point. I mean. You've gone four years in the NFL and really hasn't produced much or nor stayed healthy. I mean, yeah, he had Gronk in front of him, but even when like Gronk went down at times, you know, it's not like Howard stepped up into that role and became a fantasy relevant tight end. So, I mean, maybe he resurges with Buffalo. That'd be great for his career. Good for him. It definitely takes somewhat of a knock at Knox, but he's Knox is still, I think a pretty, I don't think it knocks him down to where he's, going to be like oh like he goes from like tight end nine to like tight end 20 or something like he drops to maybe a borderline tight end one that i think can still be productive that might be undervalued now because Mm -hmm. of this howard signing but i'm not too scared of howard personally that's kind of how i feel about it yeah no i think that's good i I, and i'm not yeah I, i i am too i just think it just the only thing it does is just take away that massive upside that you saw out of Knox where you're like, Oh, what if, right? Like, you know, I I just think it takes that away, but he's still going to be a solid, like you said, solid, low tight end one. Um, He won't goose you and you hope he gets in the end zone and you have a decent week. Right. Exactly. All right. So we got four more tight ends here. Real quick. We'll go through these two. Yeah. Hayden Hurst signs with the Bengals. Austin Hooper signs with the Titans. Gerald Everett signs with the Chargers. And Robert Tunyon resigns on a one-year deal with the Packers. Which of those four tight ends intrigues you the most? Probably Gerald Everett, which is weird to say, but probably Gerald Everett interests me the most out of these. Um, again, because you're tied to the best. Well, I don't know. You can make a case for Joe Burrow, but you're tied to you know a really good quarterback in Gerald Everett. Um, I mean, Gerald Everett is tied to a really good quarterback. Uh, and so I, I think there is value there. I think he is an athletic, um, you know, they, they look for, you know, we've seen the, the tight end in the Chargers system in the red zone get used a lot. And so, you know, Gerald Everett could be the new, he could be the new Dawson Knox where all of a sudden he's a double digit touchdown guy and, and we all didn't see it coming. And it's, it would be interesting um, if he did break out because I loved him. Uh, when he was in Seattle. So uh, I'd, I'd love to see him break out here with the Chargers, but that's probably the one out of that list. I, I'm not super interested in Hayden Hurst. They have too many wide receivers for him to be super relevant. I'm not interested in Austin Hooper and Robert Tunyon, maybe with the departure of Devontae Adams, but I just, I'm nervous about that offense as a whole, to be honest with you. I'm just nervous in general. Um, so I, I think out of those four, I, I like the upside with Gerald Everett. And I think I think I think everyone can agree that's the most intriguing option overall. Uh, Tunyon, 
that offense, like you said, it's a big mystery. I'm not really going to – I'm not going to really try to invest too much until I know more. Hurts, <laughs> I mean, former first-rounder. Austin Hooper does come to some interest, and it, maybe it was because Julio wasn't on the field for the Titans last year, but Ryan Tannehill threw his tight ends a ton in the red zone where they had, I think, combined like seven or eight touchdowns through all three of their tight ends they had last year. Austin Hooper is that kind of – touchdown magnet where I think he could end up having, you know, eight or nine touchdowns this coming season here. Again, it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big hot take, but it's possible that a guy like Hooper could establish himself as that tight end guy that they, they throw to him in the red zone. So we'll see. I don't hate it. I don't hate that call. Austin Hooper is an athletic tight end. And those are usually the ones you look for those all for all three of all four of them are those, you know, pass catching athletic, you know, hit the scene type tight ends and so um i like the call i like the call with austin hooper they're all going to be like tight ends if you want to completely just tank on tight end and one of those four would be an option you go after and see if they can research wherever they go or resign back so Mm -hmm. all right so who cares here uh there's plenty of players i guess i'll quickly name them off uh jeff swain signs with the titans brian hoyer signs with the patriots chris conley signs with the uh Resigns with I think it's the Texans, not Jacksonville. Uh, Greg Ward, Greg Ward signs with Philly. Tevin Coleman signs with the Jets. Preston Williams signs with Miami. Kyle Allen signs with Houston. Brandon Bolden signs with the Raiders. Rashad Higgins signs with the Panthers. Boston Scott resigns with Philly. Rashad Perryman signs with Tampa. Joe Flacco back to the Jets. Chad Henney resigns with KC. Uh, Khalif Raymond resigns with Detroit. Maxwell Williams resigns with Arizona. Brandon Allen resigns with the Bengals. So does Mike Thomas. Uh, not the Michael Thomas we all know, but Mike Thomas. Uh, Trent uh, Shefford signs with Miami. Tyrod Taylor signs with the Giants. Uh, Dar Ogubagamble signs with Houston. And then Matt Holland signs with the Raiders. And Jermichael Hasty resigns with the Jet 49ers. I don't think. Oh, and Jameson Crowder signs a one year deal with Buffalo Bills. Oh, huh. Justin, uh, is that it's funny. It's funny. That's the most intriguing name out of all of them. That's the. That's funny. That's the one because of them letting go of um Cole Beasley. Of Cole Beasley. That's probably the most interesting on that list. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you see Jameson Crowder now? Now we got that live news here. Um, where do I see Jameson Crowder? Probably a floor wide receiver four. If I had to guess, that's probably where I see him. Um, yeah. you know he could. I, I think. You know, Gabriel Davis and um, Stephon Diggs really are going to run that offense. But, you know, he's another guy won't goose you and you hope he falls in the end zone and you got yourself a decent week. So uh, by week filler, if you're fighting with injury, he might be a decent name to, to have on the bench. A veteran to just plug in and say, look, I'm going to get some points here. I'm not going to get a zero. I might not get a 20, but I'm definitely not going to get a zero. He's definitely intriguing to me because Colby has been so so successful the last two seasons as a slot wide receiver. Uh, it would be interesting to see. I mean, I, I'm def I would definitely now in redrafts, depending on how the rest of the offseason goes, definitely take a late round flyer on a guy like that. Mm-hmm. But in dynasty, I mean, you got yourself another depth piece that could produce for you, like John said, on a on a floor basis. So. Other news, uh, Baker Mayfield, obviously, we know, he's going through his thing. We'll probably talk about that by next week's podcast. Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, and Matthew Stafford all saw nice extensions. Uh, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, and Cole Beasley all got cut from their teams. One has already signed. Case Keenum got traded to Buffalo for a seventh-round pick. Uh, James Winston re-signs with the Saints two years, $24 million, much more than I thought they were going to do. Um, do you like Jameis at all, or is it just kind of – I do. I actually do like Jameis. Um, Yeah, I think he's fine for fantasy. I think he's a good late round fantasy target. Um, You know, I I always I always liked him for fantasy because he just ton. He loves to throw interceptions and put up points and try and do everything he can to make the game interesting. And so um, his the actual quarterback play might not be fun to watch, but his fantasy points is always crazy because it'll fluctuate in a million different ways when you're watching it. So um, he's not for the faint of heart, but uh, if you, if you want to go late QB, I think there's worse situations to to be in than finding yourself with James Winston. Right. And I think when it comes to Jameis, I mean, it's been a while since we've seen him have that upside that he had, I don't know what, 2019. Mm-hmm. 
oh, I think it was 2019. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got Michael Thomas back now. He's got Alvin Kamara still. Maybe they bring another wide receiver in or something. He's a, I think he's a fine QB two in super flex leagues. I wouldn't want him in a one QB league, honestly. Uh, I think he's a better QB two with upside. If, things kind of get back on track with him. He wasn't that good last year. I mean, he had that one game he threw five touchdowns. But outside of that, it was pretty mediocre. He didn't play terrible. He didn't have the massive turnovers, but he didn't have the high scoring uh, and the passing touchdowns that we all like. So I'd love to see what he's able to do again. Hopefully he's got the new same coaching staff, basically, you know, same offense. It's not changing too much. So hopefully another year in the offense will make him kind of get back to that form that we all love in him. So. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't think we're going to get to the NFC South tonight. So that's whatever. So that's, that's Sorry, okay. Andy. That's okay. Sorry, we got, it's off season, baby. We got plenty of time. We got to talk about the whole Saints and Falcons. We're going to talk about mostly about the Falcons tonight, but the Saints, we'll leave them for. Well, I swear to God, I'll, I'll talk about Alvin Kamara guys and Mike Thomas at some other point in life. Don't worry. I'll <laughs> bring them back up. Again, so. All right. But we got these four big traits to talk about. And Devontae Adams to the Raiders. Look at that jersey of him. I know it's like a Photoshop thing, but whatever. Obviously, Devontae Adams got traded to the Las Vegas Raiders for 2022 first and second. I mean, we talked about the Packers already, basically, but how does this really affect? Oh, we went one too far there. How does this affect the Packers for you? Uh, I mean, this is crazy, right? Like, what is this offense going to look like? We haven't seen a Devontae Adams list. We haven't really seen a wide receiver list one you know, Aaron Rodgers in a long time. Cause he had Jordy Nelson. He had Devonte Adams. You know, he's always had a guy that he keys in on that. He loves to throw to. Um, and it's just interesting. I, I just am curious to see what this offense is going to look like and what Aaron is going to look like without a, a blanket, without a safety net. That is Devonte Adams. So I'm, I'm really nervous. I'm, I'm really nervous. And I'm, I know a lot of people want to say, oh, it's Aaron. Aaron's the best quarterback in the league. He just back-to-back MVPs. I, I hear you. I totally hear you. But what I'm, I just am nervous that that offense isn't going to look the way it did the past decade. I think it's just going to look different. And whether it's through the ground game with A.J. Dillon, whether it's uh, through different you know types of passing schemes or whatever, it's, it's just going to be different. So – I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure that this, no one should look at this deal and say it helps the Packers. No one should look at this and say, oh, this is good for the Packers. I think it's good for the long term of the Packers as a franchise. I think this is a smart NFL trade because now you have a couple picks. You weren't really going to be able to fit Devontae Adams under the cap. He wasn't going to be happy playing for the franchise tag. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for fantasy, I'm, I'm super hands off on a lot of Packers. Yeah, and the Packers situation is not great, but the Raiders situation could get better. And mm-hmm. I think you obviously don't think Devontae Adams is a top three or four wide receiver anymore. I mean, he's a very talented wide receiver. He's still a wide receiver one. He's probably more of a mid to late range, low range tight end one now in terms of in terms of fantasy, in terms of dynasty, whatever you want to call it here. He's got a connection with a quarterback that he hasn't had in a long time, but there was chemistry there. Obviously, if you saw the stats on Twitter or wherever, where he's just dominated with uh, Derek Carr at Fresno State. But yeah, I think you're looking at it a little different because Derek Carr does have other weapons that he does trust and rely on, like Hunter Renfeld and Darren Waller, which they might not see as many targets, but they might see better quality of targets because of a guy like Devontae Adams on the field. So if you're off on Renfeld and Waller, don't be. Really don't be. I think they're going to be just fine. They might not see that that upside anymore, but they're going to provide you with a pretty nice floor week in and week out because Devontae Adams is going to bring this offense to a more of a scoring atmosphere, which it's going to present more opportunity for guys to score touchdowns this year. It's not going to be what it's like when it was very vanilla last year. Devontae Adams is going to be pretty decent himself, and then Derek Carr should probably be just a top-12 quarterback at this point. And mm-hmm. We'll see if he can kind of – if his talent can keep them afloat with all the talent that he has around him. Yeah, there's no excuse now for Derek Carr, in my opinion. This is it. You got you got yourself Josh McDaniels, the offensive-minded coach. You got yourself Devontae Adams, your boy, your college boo. And, and the team is finally starting to look like you're, you're moving in the right direction. You're in a 
terrible division. You're in such a hard division. So that sucks. But other than that, the the play on the field should be really high for both Derek Carr and the rest of the Raiders. So I think you're right. I think this affected the Raiders. I think this was great. The Raiders needed to do it. They needed to keep pace with the arms race Absolutely. that is their division. It's insane that this division is just constantly – whoever wins this division it's just nuts it's just nuts to me and so uh, you know it's nuts that you look at the Raiders roster as is and say it's probably the worst team in the division and yet they're probably one of the better teams in the NFL so it's just interesting to me it's just interesting to me so I I I think this is a good move for the Raiders I want to see that offense and Josh McDaniels and I want to see it I really do yeah, me too. I, I'm the four o'clock games now are going to be so much better now with all these weapons and stars on the field. It's going to make watching those four o'clock games so much better. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right. And over to the biggest trade we've been waiting for as of last week here, Sean Watson heads to Cleveland after almost heading to Atlanta. And that would have put in some different domino effects, but now we have new ones here. Obviously the Texans gave up three first round picks a third and a fourth round pick. I think confirmed the fourth was today for Deshaun. And then they traded, they traded away Sean Watson to the Cleveland Browns for, I think a fifth round pick or a fourth, something like that. But the Browns get Deshaun Watson. That's, that's the biggest takeaway here. Obviously he signed that five year, $230 million contract. And then obviously Jacoby Brissett signed. So he has his own fantasy value, but I'll let you take the Browns this one, John. How does this affect the Browns? Uh, for fantasy, for fantasy, this is, I mean, obviously good for the Browns. I think Deshaun Watson, say what you want about him as a person, say what you want about him off the field. I'll keep those opinions to myself, but he is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. He moves the ball. He does more for fantasy than Baker Mayfield will do. So all those pieces, Amari Cooper, um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, all, all the players we like on the Browns get a little bit of a bump because I think the offense will just be better in general. Um, So that's what that, that's how that affects the Browns. That's, and that's kind of the extent of, of what I will say. That's where the Browns just, they, they, they made a deal with the devil to get a little bit better at quarterback and they did, they got a little bit better at quarterback. And so I can't argue with them. Where are you taking Deshaun Watson at now in redress? We know Dynasty is probably like a top five, top six, wherever you ha- might have them in terms of mm-hmm. Dynasty. But in redraft right now with the looming possible suspension, it's nothing's been confirmed. He may or may not be still. We have no idea where if he does get suspended. Say it's the six games where I think a lot of people are saying it could be here. Mm-hmm. Where are you taking him in redraft? I wouldn't take you him in redraft. I just wouldn't because six games to me – because you're going to have to take them higher than you want already. And then to take them higher than you want and have to wait six games to use them. You could be Owen. You could be one and five at that point. And then he's, it's, you know, I would rather take a piece that helps me win early in the season and helps me get going. And if I start off five and one, and then I go knock on the, on the team who drafted Deshaun Watson and say, Hey, what do you want to trade? Trade me Deshaun Watson. That's a smarter way. If you want to try and do that. I just think there's too much up in the air. The suspension could be four games. It could be 10 games. It could be, there's just too much where, and I think people are still buying into Deshaun Watson for redraft. I think they are. And so I I just think it's going to be, the cost is going to be too high for the risk that's going to be involved. Um, You know, if it had come out that he's, it's already said, oh, six games, this, that, the other, I still probably wouldn't do it, but at least there, there's some, you know, some solidity to what you're missing. All of a sudden this, they could come and smack them with a 10 game suspension. If you drafted them, then you're like, Oh great. This sucks. This sucks. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm probably, and again, I'm always off on quarterbacks that go high. I just don't like highly. I don't, I don't do it. I'd rather wait until the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth round to draft my quarterback. I just don't draft quarterbacks. To be honest, I don't even start thinking about it until round eight or nine. And that's why you're on our team now, man. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in Dynasty now, you know, how much are you willing to give up for Watson now? Now that he's in the new spot, you know what his situation is possibly moving forward. How much are you willing to give up to get him? In a super flex league, I'm willing. I'm willing to. I mean, he's a. He's probably. 
I wouldn't give up three first round picks. No. Two first round picks. Oh, two. Uh, yeah, probably two in a super two flex. A two in a player. Two in a player and super flex. I'd probably do that. Um, okay. that's about his value. It's fair value. That's what he's worth. I mean, he's a top. He's a top five quarterback in super flex leagues. He probably top three. You know, but I mean, I don't know about three. But he's up there. He's he's up he's up there for for super flex. So again. You don't know what's coming with the suspension, but in Dynasty, you don't care because you're playing in a three-year window. And so uh, he's probably going to, you know, you trade for him and you might lose six, seven games out of him, but you get him for the next decade. Basically, yeah. That's yeah. the best way to put it out. It's, he's worth paying it up to now. Now you know his situation. Not going to be out, out of the NFL, NFL and or in jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless he does something stupid again. I mean – uh, we'll see how that works. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he learns his lesson from the first time. What's going on, Kyle, buddy? First 22 times. What's up, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, basically. So uh, <laughs> if you have Jacoby Brissett on your team, definitely good for you in Dynasty because obviously he might end up starting at first quarter of the season, whatever. Texan side, I mean, there's really not much to d- talk about it because, you know, you're going to have to – you already assume that Watson was gone. Davis Mills is, is a – option in dynasty deep leagues i mean you have brandon cooks basically that's it i mean so Mm -hmm. there's not much to say about them there so all right over to the next trade oh wait hold on let's see what kyle said speaking of watson he went one four in superflex startup all right so let's talk about that real quick superflex startup is that where you're taking him 104 assuming so you assume assume mahomes allen and herbert you assume those three went off the board yeah, it's probably – Watson's probably right there. I can't think of who else. I mean, if you if you have strong opinions on Kyler Murray, you could maybe make a case for Kyler Murray. But, yeah, no, 104, again, in a, in a super flex dynasty – in a super flex dynasty startup. Right. 104 to me makes sense because you, you've got a top five guy for 10 years. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably about where he should be. That's the earliest I'd take him. I might consider him at 1-5 instead because I do like Joe Burrow a lot. But oh, yeah. 1-4, one four, one four, I, I would I would live with 1-4 now in Superflex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Now, we got Bob Woods. Now, half of what I wrote on my slide here does not make any sense. So, guys, um, but Bob Woods, obviously, he <laughs> – of course, I never finished this slide. I must not have finished it, so I apologize. <laughs> You're um, fine. I'm going to take the slide off for just now here. So, oh, and Lamar Jackson, too. Yeah, I always forget about Lamar Jackson. So, Ooh. Lamar, Lamar just didn't end the season. But, yeah. <sighs> Lamar, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think. So, you got so the ones you could consider above them, Burrow, Lamar, Kyler, right? I mean, those are. Yeah, I think he's in that range of where you want to go. One yeah. four, one eight. He's in that range there. It just depends on what you value them. Yeah. So. Yep. Pick your poison. And, and right. again, and this is also comes down to and this is I, I. I'll keep this. I'll reiterate the same take I kept for Tyree Kill too. Is I like to have fun when I play fantasy football, and if it's not fun to root for Deshaun Watson, then I get it. I totally get it. Don't draft him. And I'm the and I and I hear you. I was the same way with Tyree Kill. I, I didn't like drafting him. I didn't. I just didn't have fun. Dra- I didn't have fun cheering for him. So, I'll probably be off Deshaun uh, in a lot of formats for that reason. We're just not. Right. I'd rather have Lamar Jackson. It's more fun to cheer for Lamar Jackson. It sure is. No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely get that. Kyle giving us some extra content today. I love it, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, but back to Bob Woods now, and we kind of yeah. already know. We kind of talked about the Rams already without Bob Woods, but what does Bob Woods do for you in Tennessee now? I, I think it's uh, a good piece. I think he's a, you know, they need a wide receiver too. They need someone to go in there and take pressure off of AJ Brown. So, um, you know, if he can go in and show health and, and be a, a reliable veteran that they, you know, can take some targets, uh, you know, a few pressure, a little bit of heat off of AJ Brown, then great. Um, but with a healthy Derrick Henry and a healthy AJ Brown, I think that's where that offense is going to rotate through those two players. Um, Rob Woods, Bob Woods is great. Um, but I, I think the days of Robert Woods having huge fantasy relevance is probably behind us. Right. I don't think you can consider him always going to be a wide receiver 12 like he was a year or two ago at this point. Uh, he's, I think at best, he might have the upside to be a low end wide receiver two, but he's probably a wide receiver three that's inconsistent. 
mm-hmm. or have his weeks where he's 100 yards and a touchdown, but he's probably going to be, you know, four for, you know, five, five receptions for 50 yards most weeks, which isn't terrible, but it's, it's obviously not something that's going to help you consistently win fantasy week. So that's kind of why I see it. AJ Brown doesn't take that fall. Ryan Tannehill gets maybe a slight bump up because he now has another weapon at least. <laughs> um, so I, I do like Ryan Tannehill to kind of a bounce back season with this team here, but it would be interesting because I don't, maybe they don't run the ball as much with Derrick Henry. Yeah. But it's their offense. So we'll see. Yeah. It'll be, I, I think that I just, I just think that they're going to beat the wheels off of Derrick Henry. I, I think that's just, that's the attitude that this organization has seemingly had. That's the attitude that they're seemingly going to approach it with is, you know, let's just give this guy as much work as he possibly can handle until he breaks and then we'll figure it out. And that's what they did last year. And that's what they're probably going to do again next year. Let's give him as much work until he breaks. And hopefully he doesn't break, which we we don't want, we don't want to lose him, but he might. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I think they're going to do. Right. Right. No, I get it. Definitely. All right. And over to our last, last slide of the night. We're definitely not doing the South now guys. So um, sorry, South, maybe next time Uh, (laughs) today, you know, it was news earlier this morning, Matt Ryan trying to get traded. He had to, by four o'clock today, he had to, or he was getting his bonus from Atlanta. So Atlanta had to make a deal here and they did. Indianapolis now gets Matt Ryan and the Falcons get a 2022 third round pick here. Marcus Mariota does sign with the Falcons. So uh, John, which side do you want to discuss? Um, I'll take the Colts side of the thing, right. of the ball, I guess. All yours then. Um, look, I, I like it. I think the Colts are a, a win now organization i think they're trying to to make a playoff run and and make a push and matt ryan does that for you matt ryan brings you some of that veteran presence that can win a game won't lose the game won't turn the ball over you know kind of carson wentz kind of wet down his leg a little bit matt ryan won't do that and that's exactly what the colts are looking for so how does this affect the colts how does this affect them for fantasy I like it. I think whatever you got out of Carson Wentz last year, you can expect that baseline plus a little bit more with Matt Ryan. So I like, um, you know, I like Pittman. I love Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, everyone should. Everyone does. Um, But outside of that, I think is where it starts to get question marks. But Pittman, JT, and Matt Ryan, again, I think Matt Ryan um, is going to be a good fit there in in the Colts organization. And to give up a third, that's, that's great. That's yeah, a, that's that's great. Yeah, it's right this time. What are you going to do? Yeah, you, you know, at the time they had nobody at quarterback. So a third round pick from Matt Ryan is looks awesome on paper, com- considering they had nothing. Right, right. And there's rumors. You know, Darius Leonard tw- tweeted today that to Julio come come to Indy, come be back in the dome with your boy Matt Ryan. So that that will be fun. If that's not that impossible, could, it's not impossible that that, that, that could happen. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but on the flip side of the ball, guys, I mean, and obviously the Falcons aren't a team you want to touch at all. I don't think Kyle Pitts at this point now is a top five tight end. Uh, it's just way too much. I just don't know what's going to happen. There's no weapon. So clearly he's going to – he might see the targets. He might not. But he's also not going to score a ton of touchdowns. This team isn't going to be a team that's going to be in position to score constantly. And that was his issue last year. He might end up being tight end eight again, tight end nine. But if you draft him in the first six rounds, you're making a big mistake. And maybe we'll come back around maybe time before the summer and maybe things will change. But right now, it just it just doesn't make any sense. And Dynasty, still a tight end one. If someone long-term is going to have a future in this NFL, he's only 22 years old. They're going to figure it out. They're going to find a new quarterback by the time he's 23 probably. So don't be scared. If any owner is scared in Dynasty for that, buy the hell out of Kyle Pitts now. But in redraft this year, isn't something I'm looking to go after in that top six that we had him just a week ago. So, and Marcus Mariota, I mean, he's nothing special. He might have a rushing floor, but I haven't seen him really throw a ball in over two years. So, I mean, it's a good point. He wasn't it's really good, good when he was the starting quarterback. That I mean, he had his moments. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of a full time passer, he just really wasn't there. It was his rushing outside. And he's not 22 anymore. He's, I think he's like 27, I think, at this point, 28 maybe. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Marcus Mario is really nothing big. That He's basically a bridge, bridge quarterback for the next year or two. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. We're not going to go into the NFC North, South tonight, guys. So 
maybe next week, but we already have other things we want to talk about next week. But uh, Coach John, man, is there anything you want to say before we get going? Um, I got nothing. I had a good time talking uh, free agency crazy, free agency frenzy, madness, whatever we want to call it, uh, free agency chaos, the hurricane that has been the offseason. So uh, it's been fun. No, I got nothing. This is great. All right. All right. Yeah, definitely. And again, Coach Chips will be back next week, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just had to do some prior engagements that he had to deal with. So, But we'll be back all next Monday. We'll be doing our last division rewind of the NFC West. I think a division that many people we just really didn't talk too much about this offseason, besides Seattle, of course. Mm-hmm. So it will be fun to kind of break the you know that that division down a lot this year, and we'll see how that goes. And as always, you can check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. We got our rankings up there. We have articles popping out. We're doing group articles now, so check those out. And then uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. So until next time, guys. Have a great one. The bag is not far fed. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High up the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered, it's nuts, it's legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up, Jack. Back on my head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go.